Welcome everyone. You're listening to The River Podcast, where you can find messages to help you strengthen your walk with Christ and refresh your soul. Here's our message from this past week. This is something that is so, um, it's a passionate topic for me. And it goes far back. Um, you know, boundaries don't sound like fun. You know, it's not sound. It doesn't sound like something fun you'd want to talk about. Let's talk about our restrictions and our limitations. Um, people don't love to hear about that. But in the context of setting boundaries up in our lives where they belong, we set ourselves up for a life that is free in Christ. It is free. It's free in our relationships. It's free in our jobs, the places that we go, in our friendships, in our romantic relationships. When we don't have boundaries, we are bound for destruction. If you do not have boundaries set up in your life, you are bound for destruction. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to go through because sometimes, you know, we get, we think it's a little dramatic. And I felt like that in college, you know. Why am I going to set up boundaries in my life now? You know, I'm in college and I'm trying to figure myself out. I'm trying to figure out my future. I'm going to class. I was traveling with my school, but I had no boundaries in my life. Maybe I had boundaries on the really big things, you know, the deal breakers, but I didn't have boundaries on the small things. And how many of you know it's the little things? It's the little foxes that soil, right? It's, It's the little things that trip us up. And I began to believe that because I wasn't doing the big sins, right? Doing the things that I really shouldn't be doing, that I was okay just making little mistakes, telling little white lies, dating someone just to get to know them with no purpose of marrying them even in my mind. You know, we we make decisions that impact our lives. And in the moment, we don't fully realize the decision that we're making and what it means. And I'm not going to talk about this today to make you feel bad about not having a boundary set up in your life. You have gone through what you've gone through for a purpose. And tonight you can make a decision to finally set the boundaries that you've been needing to set in your life. Because I'm telling you, I went through one of the craziest seasons of my life when I was away at college. And I learned how destructive your life can become when you don't set up boundaries and guardrails in your life. Amen. So the title of this series is Bound Without Boundaries. Say that with me, Bound Without Boundaries. You can thank Anne-Marie as well. Thank you, Anne-Marie. She's amazing. Give it up for her. She's filling in for Natasha tonight. Does an incredible job as always. Let's thank our whole band too for ministering every week to us during a crazy time. It's a crazy time to be alive, guys. But bound without boundaries, and I, I say the word bound as in, you know, I, I'm trapped if I don't have boundaries in my life. I actually might think that I'm free without boundaries, but I'm actually locked up. I'm actually tied up. My life is stuck. I'm going nowhere if I have no boundaries in my life. I'm bound without boundaries. And I want to share a story with you. Um, I love movies. I'm just learning about myself, and I'm owning it now. I, I'm obsessed with movies. I love the behind the scenes, you know, any show me and my husband watch, I always want to watch the behind the scenes. I want to know about the writers, about the creators, where they came up with their story. Um, I love character development, watching a show and watching how someone began and then how it ended, you know, how the show changed them for the good or for the bad. It's really interesting to me. And I was watching a movie, one of my favorite movies of all time, um, if you are a guy and you don't really, or even a girl, and you don't really like romantic films, 
but you you can tolerate them when it's a little bit like crazy and like a thriller almost. Um, Far from the Madden Crowd is an amazing movie. Um, it's just man, you think you got it, and then it like does something crazy. Anyways, it got a it got a lot of awards. Incredible movie. But anyways, the very beginning of the movie, there's a man and he was a shepherd. His his livelihood was his sheep. Right, it's how he made his money. And he um, always had his sheep with him and he, you know, they would go where he went like a shepherd. And we all know that sheep are really, really dumb. And so the sheep have a pen. And one night, you know, he's done this every single day. He closes the pen and he goes to bed. And for whatever reason, the pen was left open one night. And when he woke up in the morning, he went outside and the boundary had been open and the sheep had gone out. And he runs to the edge of the cliff to find that all the sheep had jumped off of the cliff and died. And with it died his money. (laughs) And I thought it was really interesting because there was this boundary that was set, right? There's a boundary with he's the shepherd and they are the sheep. And in the Bible, we know that we know the Lord as our shepherd and that we are the sheep. And so first of all, the shepherd was sleeping and the pin was open. The boundary was broken and now they found themselves in destruction and he was left with seemingly nothing. And I thought it was interesting in terms of our boundaries because sheep really need leading. Sheep really need direction. And if sheep don't have it and if they have no boundary, they're going to die because they're not smart enough, right? And for us, we really can compare ourselves to those sheep because naturally as humans, we don't want boundaries. We want to be able to make the decisions we want to make when we want to make them. If I feel it, I'll do it. That's what the world wants us to believe as well. And so bound without boundaries, it's powerful for us today. And our main idea is this, very simple. I am bound, or you could say, if this helps you understand better, I am trapped without boundaries, or I am bound without boundaries. Now the word bound has a lot of different definitions in in verbs and as a noun, um, but one of the definitions means bound up, like you're bound up. If you've seen somebody like in a straight jacket or, or you're bound up, you're tied up. Boundaries give us no freedom. We think that it's going to give us the freedom we need, but it actually gives us no freedom because it's destructive. It's destructive to ourselves and it's destructive to other people. And I want to tell you today, because if you're struggling with boundaries, that boundaries were a problem for people since the beginning. Adam and Eve, the garden, right? They had everything in front of them. You know, you you have your life before you, but God said, you know what? You can't touch this one tree. This is the boundary. This was the line in the sand. God said, you can't eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And what did they do? They crossed the boundary. It's like a baby, right? Like when you're a baby, I mean, we don't remember being babies, but we know how babies act. And I remember being in a high chair. My parents had taken photos of me in my high chair and I had food all over my face. And when I was preparing this, I just imagined a baby. You know, babies want to test the limits. They want to see where the line is. And if they can cross it, they're going to cross it. And if the parent doesn't know how to tell their child no or discipline their child or set a boundary in some way, then that child is going to keep knowing that they don't have limits in that area and they're going to keep pushing. So you can imagine a baby that has, you know, mushy food in his hand and they're thinking in their minds, I wonder if I can throw this at my mom. And it's simple. It's simple. But these things translate in our lives later, right? I wonder if I can test the limits. And you might think like, oh, you know, 
I, I can hit my mom with this. It's fine, right? And then the baby throws the food and it hits the mom and the mom's not having it. And right away they go, okay, okay, I know I can't do that. They've tested the limits and they've seen where the limits are, right? And it's funny to think of it that way, but it was interesting when I was thinking about Adam and Eve. It's like, how childish, right? You can have it all, but you can't have this one thing. This is the boundary line. This is where I say no, but they said yes where God said no. And then, you know, we have the fall of mankind. We have the horrible consequences for the decisions that they made, but we are all imperfect. And I say it almost every sermon, but the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We're all sinners. We've all made a boundary and crossed it. We all know the boundaries God has given us to have in front of us, and we have crossed them, right? You know, the Ten Commandments. We, we know the boundaries the Bible talks about. But if we don't have relationship with God, we, we're not going to care to get into his word to see the kinds of things we need to have boundaries on. So if you are like, I have a lot of things I don't have boundaries on in my life, or maybe you're struggling with addiction, or you know, you're kind of in this habit of maybe watching something over and over again you're not supposed to, or listening to something that you know in your heart of hearts you shouldn't because you know what it's doing to you, it's destructive to you, but you continue to do it, know that boundaries have been a problem for people since the Garden of Eden. Since the very beginning, boundaries are nothing new. People want to cross the boundary. They want to cross the line. It's in our nature. So don't think you're the kind of person where, oh, I don't do that. I don't ever feel like doing that. There's always going to be a moment where you feel like crossing a line, where you feel like crossing a boundary. And we need the Holy Spirit to lead us in this way. So I want to ask you, what does a person without boundaries look like? Go to Proverbs 25, 28. What does a person without boundaries look like? Have you ever met a person that didn't really have boundaries in their life? Yeah? Anybody? Maybe you've spent a a certain amount of time with them and you just start to collect kind of enough information to know, okay, this person really doesn't have any guidelines. Like they don't have any boundaries, any line in the sand where they say no. They're just kind of up and down for anything whenever they feel like it. And we talked about that last week, the danger that it is to be that fly by the seat of your pants, wing it kind of person. It doesn't work when it comes to our spiritual lives. Amen. So what does a person without boundaries look like? Proverbs 25 through 28. I'm going to read from the amplified version. It says, like a city that is broken down and without walls, leaving it unprotected, is a man who has no self-control over his spirit and sets himself up for trouble. So in the Bible here, it's comparing uh, a man who has no self-control, no boundaries, right? uh, One of the fruit of the Spirit is actually self-control, right? So boundaries are a part of having the fruit of the Spirit. When we have self-control, we will set boundaries in our lives, right? We've, we've acted this out in, in even last year when we started with the masks. It's a, it's a physical thing, right? And people debate on it, and that's a separate issue. But the mask is a boundary, It says, I'm protecting myself and I'm protecting you. Whatever our beliefs are about the masks, at the end of the day, this is a physical boundary that we have placed, right? On ourselves, on our person. So like a city that is broken down and without walls, leaving it unprotected. So you imagine just a city of destruction. That's what our lives become when we have no self-control and no boundaries. No walls. There's nothing put up. It all is free gain. Any territory anyone can take over. There's no walls. It's completely broken down and completely unprotected. And that's what happens to your life when you have no boundaries. It is unprotected. 
Anything can come in, anything can go out. It's a, it's a revolving door. And we just sort of allow things to happen as they come for whatever reason. So this type of man has no self-control. It says over his spirit and sets himself up for trouble. We all have a spirit, right? We need to ask ourselves, we all have a spirit, but what makes our spirit alive and active and living is the presence of God. So if your spirit is dead, you need the life that Jesus brings. You need the Holy Spirit in you. Amen. So like a city that is broken down and without walls, I want you to imagine your life, picture it without boundaries. Ultimately, all it's going to be, if you can just imagine a a city completely destroyed, all the walls taken down, it's a free for all pretty much. That's how you can imagine your life if you have no boundaries. So it says also that the man who has no self-control sets himself up for trouble. We set ourselves up to fail when we have no boundaries. We set ourselves up to fail when we have no, no guardrails in our life, right? You see it in broken marriages. You see it in friendships that fall apart, right? You see it in toxic relationships. When we don't have boundaries, we set ourselves up for trouble. Maybe it's the way that you're eating. Maybe you're not eating healthy or maybe you've made some poor decisions with your health or you've smoked all your life. You know, everything we do has consequences. And I'm not trying to get on people that, you know, eat, eat unhealthy or whatever, but everything we do, if it's good or bad, you know, there's a reaction. There's, there's something that will occur because of it. So that was Proverbs 25, 28. That gives us a picture tonight. A city of destruction is what our lives become without boundaries. I want you to think of it, um, I actually have three books in the back, and when you leave, you can kind of look at them or look through them. Um, I can't remember the title. I think one of them is just simply titled Boundaries. And in the book, they talk about how our skin, because our physical body, we need to have boundaries with our own body, right? And it talks about how our skin is actually a physical boundary, and it keeps our organs, it sounds kind of bizarre, but our organs and our heart and, and you know, our ribs, it, it keeps everything inside, our skin. Our skin is that boundary, right, that keeps us from literally physically falling apart. And it sounds gruesome, but even our skin is a boundary, right? There's a boundary that people know that they can't cross, right? Someone can't just touch you, right? That's not how it works. People can't just touch you however, wherever they want. And people know that. Skin is an example that we literally physically have a boundary, right? So self-control, as I mentioned, is the fruit of the spirit. I want you to keep that in mind as we talk about boundaries through this whole series, that self-control is a fruit of the spirit. And I lived my life for years and years only to find out a while back that self-control was not a fruit that I had in my life. And unfortunately, I had to learn it the hard way. I could have had to learn it a harder way, but God is gracious. And, you know, I realized the reality of my situation because thankfully I had people around me that were eventually willing to point it out. So even in the Bible, you know, we look, we look at the Ten Commandments, you know, thou shall not kill, thou shall not steal. And sometimes we look at these commandments and we go, well, yeah, I'm not going to kill anybody. Like, uh, yeah, I'm not going to steal anything, right? We, we think of these huge things, and then we kind of let go of the little things. You know, lying. People, people can really lie about a lot of things, embellish a lot of things, as some people like to say. But I want to focus on the first two commandments. The first one is literally, these are boundaries. You shall have no other gods before me. 
That's a boundary God is setting. Hey, you can't live serving me and serving something else. The Bible also says you cannot serve two masters. You can't serve God and entertainment. You can't worship God and Billie Eilish. You can't worship God and a person in your life that you love so much. There's even people that we can put before God, right? Even people close to us, people that are good for us. Even those people can become idols. We talk about it here all the time, right? Anything I put before my God is an idol. So I have to lay a boundary because how many times do we put things before God? Some of us, we do it on a weekly basis. And I'm telling you that because it's not easy, right? We, we have so much available to us, so much accessible to us. The other thing that we always say um, is if my life is not worship to God, it's worship to something else. And that's just the truth. Ask yourself, if you don't know what your life is worship to, ask what you spend the most time doing. You might say, well, that's not fair because I work so many hours, right? Even at work, we can seek God. We can trust God for every little thing that we have to do. Whether you work in a hospital or you work at Hollister, wherever you work, right? We can have our lives so surrendered to God that we are even relying on him to do things that we think are menial and small in our lives. So no other gods before me. It's a boundary. And it's a commandment that we take lightly and we shouldn't. The second one, I want you to notice this. Love your neighbor as yourself. We always say, love God, love people. And that's true. But there's a little more to it. Love your neighbor as yourself. What does that mean? If I don't love myself, if I don't love who God made me to be, in fact, if I loathe myself or I hate myself, then I cannot love my neighbor. I can put a mask on and I can pretend like I love them. But inside, if I hate and truly hate and loathe myself, then I can't love people. So love your neighbor as yourself. Some people go, oh, well, I'm just not going to worry about myself. Like whatever happens to me, whatever, I'll just worry about other people. And people get into a pattern of, of putting all their focus on someone else in order to avoid their own pain, their own struggle, their own major issues that they have. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's a line in the sand. I need to evaluate what I think of myself, the person God has made me to be. And once I have that figured out, I can love my neighbor. I can love my neighbor. So have no other gods before me and love your neighbor as yourself, right? It's a boundary. I have to see where I'm at with myself so that I can treat others how God would want me to. Another thing I want to say before we get into the points, physical boundaries are easy to see, right? If you walk outside and you see a hedge or a fence or a wall or, or something, a door that's blocking, it's a physical boundary that we all could recognize. It's so easy to see. I want you to think of, um, it was actually interesting because I don't go to the beach much. I'm just going to be honest. I could say I'm a beach person, but I'm not. Um, I don't really like like being in the sand. It's, it's an unpopular, you know, those unpopular things. Like you're a, it's an unpopular thing to not like to go to the beach, but I don't. But the last time that I went to the beach, which was a while ago, I, I have a weird, weird mind. I don't know. I was sitting on the sand and I was like looking out, you know, and I was, I took a couple pictures on my phone cause it was just, it was so beautiful. And then you take it on your phone and it's just not the same. And you're like, whatever. So I put my phone down and I started to look at 
what I was seeing in front of me. And I noticed that even in creation, you know, God is so creative, but even in creation, there are boundaries. And those boundaries are there for such a purpose. And I I looked out and I, I was far back on the sand and I noticed the layers of creation, right? There was the sand leading up to this line that I could see, the line. And then the water began, right? And then from the line of the water to the line where your eyes can't see anymore, you see the sky. And just seeing these layers before me, thinking about how crazy creation is and seeing what happens when those boundaries are crossed. Living in Florida, if there's a hurricane, those boundaries are being crossed, right? Like that water is coming in on our territory and a storm is going to happen. And it's the same thing. God intended something a certain way. And when the boundaries are crossed, destruction is inevitable and people in its path will die and people in its path will become injured. And we need to understand that God has created our lives so beautifully and he's entrusted us with what he's given us. And when we're young, you know, it's hard to fully understand what we're supposed to do with this life God has given us. Some of us, we can see much clearer right where we need to go. I was someone that right away, I knew what God had called me to, but I had no boundaries. So I went away to school and I instantly got involved and I I found my place right away in high school. I was not popular at all. And then all of a sudden I'm at school and all these things are starting to take place and happen in my life. And oftentimes people thought because of a position that I had, that my character was where it needed to be too. And it wasn't, right? Because if you don't have boundaries in your life, it's going to cause destruction in you and it's gonna cause destruction in the people around you, right? And I'm so thankful that God helped me work out so many issues before I got married. Because let me tell you, marriage will present you with so many obstacles. You need to know who you are. You need to know the direction that you're going. You don't have to have it all figured out, but boundaries must be set, And if you don't set them before, they're going to dive right into your marriage and you're going to have more than just the everyday issues. You're going to have all sorts of issues to try to work out together, right? So another thing I want to say is this. The physical boundaries are easy to see. And you might know this, but I want to remind you. Spiritual boundaries are just as real, but often harder to see, Okay, so physical boundaries are easy to see. Spiritual boundaries are just as real, but often harder to see. So it's time for us to define our intangible boundaries, the things that we cannot see. And what's so difficult as humans is we put so much value and proof in what we can see right before our eyes. But as we know, as believers of Jesus, there are so many unseen things. And especially after the year we've had, maybe, maybe some of you don't know God or you don't, you don't think of the spiritual realm in a certain way. But as you get closer to God and as you encounter struggles in your life, you come to find that the spiritual realm is so real. It's more real than what you can see in front of you sometimes. And it's so important for us to understand that our spiritual boundaries are just as real, but they're harder to see. So if we want to be able to see them, we have to have relationship with God and we have to know his word. Otherwise, we're going to continue to walk around squinting, wondering if we're seeing it right, wondering if we have it right, trying to figure it out, right? So spiritual boundaries are just as real, but often harder to see. In light of that, I want to say this too before we get into our points, which our points are quicker. Boundaries are not just practical, they are profoundly spiritual. 
Boundaries are not just practical, they are profoundly spiritual. When I set a boundary in my life, when I decide to take time away because I know that I'm running on empty or I'm starting to get angry or frustrated, think about every time you've gotten upset and then you ate and you felt better. Or every time you've gotten upset and you went to sleep and you woke up and you felt better. Now, not everyone feels like that in the natural. With my jaw, I'll go to bed and I'll still feel rough when I wake up in the morning. But there's something spiritual going on too, that I have to set a boundary. I can let the enemy lie to me all day, or I can make a decision about how I'm going to live my day. And I won't lie, there's days that I let the enemy win, and I just bought into lies, and honestly, that's just the hard truth of it. But boundaries are not just practical, they are profoundly spiritual. So if you give all your time to... um, friends and Netflix and gossip and this is what you're putting into your life all the time, then that's inevitably what's going to come out. But when we have a boundary and say, no, I'm going to spend time in God's presence, even if it's 20 minutes, I know what I need. And the presence of God is a non-negotiable. It's something I'm not willing to give up so that I can pick up something else. Amen. So boundaries are not just practical. They are profoundly spiritual. The world will tell you it's practical that you need to have boundaries and spiritual has nothing to do with it. But the word of God shows us that it's so profoundly spiritual. Amen. My first point is this. Number one, boundaries help me protect what matters most. Boundaries help me protect what matters most. One of the biggest things God has taught me in the last three years, I would say, is protect what matters most. There are a lot of things we get our mind on that we desire or we want. You know, I was like, oh, I want to write a book and I want to, you know, put an EP out and I want to do this. And all that stuff is good. It's not a bad thing. But I've learned to protect what matters most. And if it's going to cost me what matters most, I don't want it. Maybe it's not for this time. Maybe it's for another time. But God has entrusted me right now with what he has given me. And I need to protect what matters most. So if it comes in the way of my marriage, it's not worth it. If it comes in the way of my true friendships, it's not worth it. If if it's coming against my family, it's not worth it, right? If it comes against the time I need to spend with God, the trust I need to give him, then it's not worth it. Boundaries help me protect what matters most. Let's go to Proverbs 4.23. Proverbs 4.23, the New Living Translation. It's the verse that a lot of us know. But listen to the words specifically. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. We were talking this year, our, our phrase of the year is count me in. And we're talking about going on a journey. We're on this journey together. And what are we carrying? And where are we going? And are we walking with purpose? And the Bible says in Proverbs 4, 23, guard, protect, guard. That's a boundary. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life, right? So if I don't guard my heart then anything is welcome. And my, the course of my life is going to look pretty grim, right? And I talk openly about this a lot, um, but, you know, the reality of it really sinks in when I read this verse because one of my leaders at school, um, he gave me this verse. It was a teacher that 
um, was noticing things. I love teachers because they pick up on things that you're not willing to see. And it was a teacher that was willing to sit down and have a hard conversation with me that opened my eyes to just a destructive way I was living. Sat me down and said, Jen, you need to stop. And it was one of the scariest moments of my life because I looked up to this teacher so much. And he saw that I was running myself into the ground. I was not getting sleep. I was saying yes to every opportunity that was presented to me. I was failing two of my classes. And I was no example. And people thought that I was because of a position that I had. And maybe you've been there before, too. You, you have a position. Or maybe you see other people in a position and you have a false idea. I loved the Lord. I had a relationship with God. But I had a lot of problems. And I was really trying to do it on my own. And we need to guard our heart above all else. Because I can tell you, there was no boundary with my heart. And I didn't know why I couldn't figure it out until I went to a school counselor. And she helped me understand. And I won't get into all that because that's a lot of drama. But there was a reason that I wasn't guarding my heart. And I want to touch on this because not just women. I think guys do this too. How many of you know sometimes guys can be more sensitive than women are? right? Not trying to call you out, but I am. Um, Guard your heart. Why? There's a process that I noticed in my journey. And some of you, you know, I admire a lot of you in this room because you're you're confident and you're not willing to settle and you, you have a direction. And, you know, even if it took you a while to figure things out, like you know where you're going and you have your eye on the prize. And I admire that. But there's three F's that I learned. <laughs> Sorry for the letter. It's just the letter that it is. In guarding your heart. There's a process, right? There's flattery, which moves into flirtation, and then flirtation to feelings. And how I can sum up what season I went through in those four years of college was that flattery was fuel to me. So if somebody complimented me or a guy showed me attention, and I'm just being real with you. This is embarrassing for me to say, but I want to I wanna tell you because... <laughs> When you learn, when you finally figure out the root of your problem, it's pretty eye-opening. Um, I, flattery was my fuel. For whatever reason, uh, words of affirmation is my love language, so it makes sense. Yeah, Jen feels me, I know. So there was a process. If I had flattery, it was fuel to me, right? So imagine trying to have a serious relationship with somebody, but every time you're flattered, you melt like butter, right? You can't get into this habit of flattery being your fuel, And especially with social media, if you're trying to have a committed relationship, you're about to propose to that girl or you're about to, you know, be serious about that guy and you're ready to stop dating around and you're ready to be serious about somebody, this process is going to need to stop. So there was flattery and flattery would turn to flirtation because you want to flirt with what makes you feel good about yourself. Whether that person, whether you care about that person or not, their flattery is fuel to you. So then the flattery turns to flirtation, and the flirtation stirs up feelings eventually. So I'll tell you the honest truth. It was getting to a point where I was in a relationship with one person, and as soon as we decided to be serious, boyfriend, girlfriend, I was already talking to somebody else. It was that bad. And I can be honest and open with you because my husband knows for a fact that's how bad it had gotten. All because I wasn't willing to set boundaries, right? It was almost a joke at the school. 
And it got so bad that that was part of what people would consider a reputation of mine because it had become such a cycle and habit in my life. And it's funny, but it's also really sad because I wasn't just damaging myself. I was damaging other people. I was hurting other people. I hurt one of my closest friends. I mean, I'm being real with you because we have to guard our heart. And I know, you know, my sister, like, I'm so impressed with her because she's not anything like that. And I'm thankful to God and I prayed for her. And I know that, you know, that's all her. But the Bible tells us to guard our heart. And it's for a reason. And sometimes it's the insecurities in ourselves that lead us to make poor decisions. And the only way we're going to get, you know, ahead of the insecurity problem is to see ourselves the way God sees us, right? So I tell you that because there's a process. So guys, if a girl is flattering you on Instagram, stop it, you know? I'm not saying don't get to know people, but if, if you are serious about somebody and you love them, you're not, you shouldn't be willing to take that step. If you love someone, you're not willing to lose them. You're not willing to make that call or that decision, right? I don't know. I'm feeling the spirit on these DMs. I don't know. Um, I really am, man. Okay. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. There are consequences for our actions, right? And I made some major decisions in my life. When I finally made, you know what? There's no boundaries in my life, and I see where it's going to go, and it doesn't look good. And I'm so thankful to God for his grace that he caught my attention on this before I destroyed my life (laughs) because that's where it was headed. So the Bible tells us clearly what our parameters are and how to protect them. So I encourage you, um, I was going to have you do it right now on your phone, but when you get home tonight, be intentional about this. Write down the things that you need to set boundaries and parameters on in your life. Write them down. I don't have a boundary on this and I've just kind of let it go. Maybe it's, maybe it's binge watching. I'm the kind of person, I have such an obsessive personality. I will be up all night long and willing to take the risk because I have to see what happens by the, by the end. And that's not good. My husband's not willing to do that. He cuts it off, he turns it off. And then it's like, okay, I'm no matter, even if I wanted to watch it, I couldn't, right? Thank God for that. But there are parameters that protect us. And we know a lot of different things that boundaries are important on. I I wrote down gossip, relationship, responsibilities, and time. And I say gossip because this is something that can escalate so quickly. And before we know it, all the boundaries have been crossed. But because it's not murder or stealing, we're like, eh, you know, I'm not talking about them. You know, I'm just... We're just talking, right? And we can really talk something down. And so with gossip, what I have come to learn is if it gets to the point where you know it's gossip, you're talk means which means you're talking negatively about somebody else with other people, and it's continuing to fuel and you're kind of bouncing off one another, it's either good to walk away or if you're seeing someone address someone else rudely and directly and being negative toward them to be able to cut it off. People pleaser or not, we have to be willing to cut things off before they go too far. So I give you gossip because it's something we all have experienced and we know. This is just an example. Also our time. If your time is given to everything else, you won't have time for God. You won't have time to, you, everyone's like, I want a relationship. I want, I want to find the right person for me. But they're not willing to give the time 
to the right person. They're not willing to take the time to become the person. They just want the person. They want it all now. They want to figure them, their crap out later and have the perfect person carved out for them. And that's rarely how it works out. There's a process that needs to happen, right? We don't change on a dime. There are daily decisions that we have to make, and we have to make them differently. So number one, thank you, Isaiah. <laughs> Boundaries help me protect what matters most. Number two, my yes is yes, and my no is no. My yes is yes, and my no is no. And I know I'm running out of time. I'm moving, I'm moving. Matthew 5, 37, uh, New King James Version. But let your yes be yes and your no be no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one, right? My friend always used to tell me, because me and her were roommates, we would talk all the time. She would always remind me if our conversation just kept going and then it was kind of going into territory of like, probably shouldn't talk about this. Um, she would be like, you know, where, where many words are, sin is not absent. And it's a good thing to remember. It's hard to think of it, the wording that way. But where there are many words, there is sin. Because when you talk carelessly, inevitably it's going to lead nowhere good, right? We should be the kind of people where we don't speak unless there's a purpose for it. And I know that's a little dramatic. But Jesus didn't speak if there wasn't a purpose for what he was saying. And everything that he did and said, it was all for the purpose of doing the will of the Father, and that's how we should be. And we'll never get it perfect like him, but we can do it well. Like we talked about, we can do it well. So your every no, if you want to write this down. Sorry, guys. I have something in my throat. Don't you hate that? Your every no makes your every yes more powerful. Your every no makes your every yes more powerful. Obviously, you know, there's certain things in our lives we want to say no to. And I'm not telling you, just start saying no to everything. Like, that's not what I'm telling you to do. Because some, some of you are like, yeah, I'm going to start saying no more. So, no. But when we have a relationship with God, when we trust him with our lives, our yes can be yes and our no can be no. That's how Jesus lived. And it's not to say that there's never a gray area. It's not to say that there's never a time when there's not a clear direction or answer. Life, you know, hands us all sorts of things. But when I say no, when I said no to things in the past, I was saying yes to my husband. When I was saying no to certain things in the past, I was saying yes to God, right? And every day when I say no to the temptations that creep up or the things that may come up in my life, I'm saying yes to God. When you say no to sin, you say yes to God, right? So um, another question I want to ask in this point with my yes be yes and my no be no, you know, People think, oh, that's like the perfect way to live. And a lot of people ask the question, does God have boundaries? And it's an interesting thing to think about because right away you go, well, like, well, yeah, but then you're like, oh, but nothing's impossible with God and he can do anything. And it's interesting to think about. But even as I thought about creation, the boundaries that are in creation, I'm like, no, God works with boundaries. Boundaries are a part of our lives. They're, ne they're necessary. We talked about the Garden of Eden. But go to Revelation tw uh, 3.20. Revelation 3.20, I'm going to read from the uh, NIV version. It says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. So it doesn't say, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. And when you don't answer, I force myself in. It says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, first of all, if we even hear it at all, and then open the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. There's a boundary, right? 
God's not just going to walk right in. He wants you to respond. So people want God to do everything for them. They want their pastor to do everything for them. There are things you have to do for yourself. Your pastor can't do it for you. And that's one of the issues that always comes up in ministry is and why people get so heartbroken when people fall. Like we're supposed to be surprised when people fall, right? Because we need to understand that people are responsible for the decisions they make, right? So, you know, if, if people are mad at their leader or their pastor, oh, they didn't call me every day, they didn't check on me every day, they didn't text me every day, or maybe you're mad at your boss because they, they never, like, keep up with you, they never communicate, whatever the case, there are decisions, there's things on our end that we have to do. And we need to understand that God has boundaries too. So he's going to knock at the door of our heart. But first of all, do you hear him? And second of all, will you respond? Right? So that's an example. There's more examples, but if I did that, we'd be here all night. That's an example of how God does have boundaries. He is the God of the impossible, but there are boundaries, right? He works with boundaries. And then the next question um, someone talked to me about, which was interesting, was, did Jesus have boundaries when he was on earth? Everybody knows yes. But when you think about it, people sometimes think, well, Jesus could do anything. And yes, Jesus had the power of God. He, he was there to do the will of the Father. He wasn't concerned with what people thought. So he had a freedom that many of us don't have because he wasn't concerned about what people wanted him to do, right? He would go into a town and be like, heal this person. Come talk to me. I want to hear what you have to say. If you could imagine someone pulling on you like that. And I'm not saying like a famous person, okay? I'm talking about a God of miracles, who, who could change people's lives with, this, with just one word. So did Jesus have boundaries when he was on earth? Luke 5, 15 through 16. One of my favorites in the NIV version says, Yet the news about him, him being Jesus, spread all the more, so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Jesus set a boundary. Jesus, I'm sure, got his sleep, ate the right things, right? Jesus had an intention. He was here on this earth for a purpose. So it said the news about him spread. If you can imagine going to a town, everyone heard you're coming. Oh, I want you to heal my, my leg. I, I want you to touch me. I want you to tell me what I need to do with my life. Everyone was pulling on him. So it says Jesus withdrew to lonely places to pray. This was a boundary, and it's a powerful boundary because if Jesus withdrew to lonely places to pray, being perfect, how much more should I withdraw to lonely places to pray, being imperfect? So when people are pulling on you, it's nothing like what Jesus experienced, but we've all had life shouting at us, people shouting at us, text messages all day long, people needing something from you all the time. I want to tell you today, if you're a people pleaser, like I was, was delivered from, which I, you know, I still have my struggles, but I feel like people pleasers and thrill seekers have the hardest time with boundaries, right? And I won't get into all that, but Jesus withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And I want to encourage you to do that more in your life. Maybe some of you, you withdraw too much. And I'm not telling you to keep doing that and do it more. You know where you're at. I don't know specifically where you're at. But boundaries are life-changing for our lives. It changes our path when we're willing to make those decisions. I have one more point, but it's very intense, and I think I want to save it for next time. But before we close out and the band can come up, 
what I want to leave you with, and Christiane, I'm skipping point three. Um, I'm going to come back to point three. Point three, just to give you um, kind of a precursor, is communicating your boundaries is as important as having them. And that's a whole thing. So I definitely am excited to talk about that next time. But I just want to tell you um, just one thing from that point. Communicating your boundaries is as important as having them. That we are responsible to others and for ourselves. You are responsible to others, to love others, to care for others, to carry each other's burdens. But you're not responsible for others. I can't make your decisions and function as you and make your call and, and do the things that you need to do. That's up to you, right? We need to understand our boundaries as believers because sometimes we just want to give it all so that we can be there for other people that we forget about ourselves. We are responsible to others, but we're responsible for ourselves. You're not responsible. Eric isn't responsible for himself and Alex and Jared, right? Eric's responsible for Eric, but he can be responsible to Jared. Jared, I love you. Jared, I'm here if you need to talk. Jared, I'm your friend, right? Those things can happen. I just want to give you that little like sneak peek into that because communicating your boundaries is as important as having them. When it, become, when it comes to your relationships, people don't maybe know everything about your private life, but if you're going to have boundaries in your relationships, they must be communicated. Or you're just going to be angry and you're, you'll be building up resentment until you blow up. You have to communicate your boundaries. Amen. So we need to pray. We need to ask God to help us find the areas in our lives where we've forsaken boundaries, where we haven't put up guardrails. My husband, he went to CLC for a season, incredible church. Um, my, my parents know a lot of people over there, just a beautiful church. And he was there for a season of his life that really defined him. Um, he and I were broken up. We had left college. We hadn't talked in years. And when he was there at CLC, they did a series on boundaries called guardrails. And that's why I keep saying that word. But that was just so huge for him in that season of his life to set guardrails. And I'm thankful that God worked on him in that season before we got back together, before we got married, because God was, was really assorting and putting our boundaries where they belong. He was helping us, not so that we could be a perfect marriage because no marriage is perfect, but so that we could set major boundaries in our lives deal breakers, non-negotiables, the things that we're not willing to take into our marriage. We're not willing to take into our lives or our homes, right? So just to close today, I just want to say setting boundaries sets you up for freedom. Setting boundaries sets you up for freedom. And maybe you think boundaries and you just think restrictions, but when you set boundaries in your life, you know who God has called you to be, what he's called you not to be, what he's called you to do, what he's called you not to do, then when we set boundaries, it's gonna set us up, not for bondage, but for freedom. And so for you, you might have something that you keep going back to, almost, and it sounds gruesome, but like a dog to its vomit. We go back to the things that they're so bad for us, but we've been in that cycle for so long. God wants to break the cycles in your life. And it starts with not breaking your boundaries. You know, people have a hard time. You know, maybe it's pornography. It was maybe a 12-year addiction. And now you find yourself creeping back upon it. You, you find yourself back in it. Go back to those boundaries that you set. If you're in a relationship with someone 
and you've never had a conversation about boundaries, even friendships, not just romantic relationships. Your friend has been saying weird things in front of your friends. Have you ever been there? Like your friends kind of like being rude to you in front of other friends and you're like, what's going on here? Maybe they're trying to show off, whatever. You have to set boundaries, not just in your friendships, in your romantic relationships, even in your family. And family is so close. I, me and my husband have to set boundaries. No matter how close someone is to you, they're important, right? So let's just stand where we are today. We're gonna sing that last song that we sang. And there's something in that song that says, um, is there anything you wanna tell me? And gosh, like when they sung it, it just, uh, it touched my heart. God, is there anything you wanna tell me? Because there's so many things that go on in our lives and things that we're willing to listen to that aren't God. So when we actually pause for a moment and say, God, is there anything you wanna tell me? Maybe there's nothing in your life that's blinking a red light to you right now. Maybe right away you're like, I know exactly what I need to set a boundary on. Or maybe you don't know. Maybe it's something little. Maybe it's something that you just never set the boundary because you didn't see it as important, but now it's becoming a problem. Wherever you fall today, I want you to know that there's grace for you and that when you set boundaries in your life, when you trust God's direction for your life, you're free. You might think you're restricted, but you're actually free. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The River YA. All of our links to keep in touch are shown down below. We hope this blessed you, and we'll see you next time at The River. Come find life.